to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. Joining me this week, uh, we stayed internal and brought on one of our fellow hosts. Uh, there's a good game in there himself, Raj. Uh, Raj, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me in this holding pattern, I feel like uh, we are in. We got the, you know, Christmas Day games, opening night games. I can't even really get there. I feel like I don't know what my team is. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. But but thank you for having me on here. Yeah, we're, we're going to lead off with that. But I'm right there with you. The, the Over the weekend, the first uh, reports of games this upcoming season were leaked. Uh, it sounds like usually when that starts, the, the schedule is going to come out probably mm-hmm. this week, I would say. Uh but yeah, I really I couldn't get all that excited because it doesn't feel like this Lakers team it doesn't feel like this is going to be the Lakers team that's going to play even on opening night which October 18th we're looking at almost exactly 2 months from today, a little more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll we'll start there because they're going to play the Warriors on opening night in yes. Golden State for their ring ceremony. Uh we still have the LeBron Steph factor and all that. Uh, what do you think of, of having that as the, the first game of the season? Well, I think it's great. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson will get his ring uh, on day one. Oh, yeah. One. I didn't think so, about that. That's cool. So he'll get his ring. Uh, I think the NBA has a few nights, right, where they need to really capitalize on. I think opening night, Christmas Day are are two of them. And you have Steph versus LeBron. So even it's Lakers-Warriors, Steph versus LeBron. Um, and they're going to try to sell that no matter who is on the Lakers. So we know that LeBron will be. We know that Steph will be on, on Golden State. So I think that'll be a fun matchup. Hopefully, uh, I was looking back. You know, sometimes teams can struggle on ring night. They talk about the emotion of it um, and uh, getting the ring and how it's hard to focus that night on the game. And maybe we can steal one. You know, on the road, maybe finally win an opener. I don't think we've won an opener with LeBron on the team, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, so uh, it'd be nice to just to steal one in Golden State. Um, and and ruin their their ring night as I think the Clippers ruined ours. I believe we opened against the Clippers, so uh, it would be nice to to steal one in Golden State. Over or under LeBron James matching his fifty six points the last time he played the Warriors in this one? I would have to say under, and I'm hope it doesn't have to take fifty six points this time <laughs> to to beat the Warriors. Uh, I think he also scored fifty against. Utah as well, right? I believe in that same. Was it that same week span or something? It was it? the same. It was the same week. Uh, was it? It was Washington, not Utah. Oh, Washington. Okay. Because I remember he hit a silly shot over Kuzma, and that's like my lasting memory of that one is just him just splashing home like this crazy fadeaway over Kuzma. Yeah, that was LeBron at his peak that Warriors game uh, mm-hmm. last season. Fifty six points on thirty one shots. 10 rebounds, uh, did not play the next game. Uh, the game mm-hmm. after that gets a triple-double against Houston and a loss that he played 45 minutes. And then Man. two nights later, uh, a week after 
the Golden State game, he drops 57-6 and six on 18-25 shooting against Washington to win that one. LeBron's LeBron's incredible. <laughs> he uh he's he's one of a kind. But yeah, the last time LeBron met the Warriors was that fifty six point game. Uh, LeBron and Steph obviously have a long, long history, um, okay. and it felt like a very safe bet. Like you said, the the Lakers or the NBA, excuse me has to capitalize on the the certain big nights that they're going to have. So putting LeBron and Steph on one of them felt right. And so that's going to draw a ton of eyes uh, having that game on opening night. Uh, I don't know that they've even announced what the kind of East Coast game will be on that one. I assume it's going to include Boston um, and Milwaukee, I believe. Is it? That would make, I mean, that would make sense. So, those will be two hopefully fun games. Two nights after that, the Lakers are going to be back in the Crypto.com arena. I don't know if they're <laughs> technically the home team. I really hate that name. Um, I've, I've called it Staples Center multiple times recently. Uh, but they're going to be back there to face the Clippers right. on the 20th. Um Will this game have all four of LeBron, AD, Kawhi, and PG in it? I think it will. I think it would finally will. It feels like it, at least. I think the Clippers feel like it. All their moves that they've done uh, this past season feels like they're going to go into this season. Again, with the loaded roster, right? We heard that as well, I think, in 2019. They had the loaded team as well. They're stacked, though. I mean, we, we, we struggled against them, I believe, a few times already. LeBron versus Kawhi. Um, and then AD is obviously the factor in that game. But that's a tough start, though. Warriors, Clippers, I mean, you're on the road. Uh, against the Warriors and then the Clippers. Those are two teams that are seen in the top three of the West. So that's a really tough start. They didn't give us, uh, they didn't do us any favors to start the season. But hopefully we finally get, you know, I think the the only other one we got was on, we got it on Christmas as well in 2019. I believe we got the healthy, uh, all four stars healthy on Christmas. And then we got one game in the bubble, I believe, where all four stars were healthy. And I think that's it. So in this long, like, battle of LA, I think we've only got, Two games, if I if I remember that correctly, of those two uh, health or one more, I believe we when we beat them at home as well. So three games, but yeah, it'd be nice to have all four out there. The Clippers are loaded; they're deep at every position, uh, and our roster isn't that. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, neither uh, loaded nor they... deep. I would describe the Lakers <laughs> roster as they. Uh, there is one more. The most recent one uh, came. That opening night game you were talking about, the Lakers get their rings and the yes, Clippers really. uh, spoiled that. They won 116-109. That was the last time. That was December twenty second, 2020. It was wow. the last time the Lakers and Clippers met with all four of those guys on the court. Uh, mm-hmm. It has been the, an odd kind of situation where uh, you have all these superstars, but for – a myriad of reasons, injuries to all four of them, really, that there haven't, there have been very few times where they've all shared the court together. Uh, you mentioned that game in the bubble, which I, those games felt so odd because, mm-hmm. like, those warm up games didn't really count for a lot, but like you were coming back, and that was, I think, the very first, like, official game they played. They yeah. had those kind of preseason games. Um, so those games felt 
just kind of weird. The Lakers won that one. Le- I remember LeBron switching on to Kawhi, I think, at the, or PG or Paul both George, of them. Yeah. yeah, on at the end of the game on that and uh, sealing that win. But it's been very few, very far between. We've actually played the Clippers at, uh, with our two stars, and they've had theirs as well. So those games always add a little more intrigue. Did you see Patrick Beverly tweeted – or yeah. tweeted the uh, Shams tweet about this, uh, saying this this game was taking place basically with like the praying hands emoji, and it's like it's it's one of two things where uh, he either knows something we don't, and he's <laughs> going to be traded to the Lakers, which is kind of something that was uh, one of those rumored discussions mm-hmm. with uh, the Jazz about a three team deal, or has Patrick Beverly forgotten he's not on the Clippers anymore? <laughs> I think Patrick Beverly, uh, he's done a lot of media as well uh, over uh, this uh, over this off season, um, and he, I think he likes to troll as well. I don't know. I would lo- I would I would love Patrick Beverly as like a buyout candidate. I think that would be nice if if you know if something happens in Utah where they do eventually move Donovan Mitchell. I'd love to take Patrick Beverly on the Lakers. Uh, I think he would play on this roster. I, I think he would. Uh, I think he would be. He would definitely be in the rotation. So. Um, I like if he knows something, if he's on the team, I think he's talked about on a few shows where he'd like to come play with LeBron James. And I think that'd be nice. I think he would fit he, something we were missing. We were lacking last year, I think was a defensive guard. So uh, I think Patrick Beverly would fit And I think he's trolling. What do you think? Do you think he's just he's just trolling everybody? He He's a man that loves to troll. Uh, I don't know what the I don't know why he chose to do that, but that is a man that that loves to troll. And I like you mentioned last year he appeared on, I think it was NBA Today. It was a show on ESPN, and they asked him if you could go to any team that wasn't Mm -hmm. the Timberwolves, who would it be? And just immediately LeBron and the Lakers. He wants to play with LeBron, Um, which now feels potentially more possible. And like, yeah, the Lakers have a, a, a hole there. Like right now, if you go into training camp with Russ on the team, who's the backup point guard? Because I I don't know who it is, and that would be theoretically where where Patrick Beverly would slot into. I don't know otherwise. I'm guessing Kendrick Nunn is who you consider the backup point guard right now. That is, yeah. We, I did this, you know, exercise with uh, Sabrina on 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 the podcast, trying to go through our. Uh, rotation uh, with uh, with uh, with Russell Westbrook kind of fitting uh, being traded for a shooter. I think Kendrick Nunn would be our current backup point guard. I think that fits. I know Kendrick Nunn has been just some myth- mythological name so far uh, in in the Lakers lore, but uh, I think Kendrick Nunn would be the backup point point guard currently. But Patrick Beverly would would fit in. He would definitely fit in uh, on the team. We need some we need some defense. We don't have. Many players that are known for that on the roster right now. I don't think. I think we have a bunch of guards. I think we have a glut of guards, um, and then Troy Brown Jr. and I guess is our wing. So it's a lot of guards that aren't known for for playing much, very much defense. So Patrick Beverly would definitely uh, fit right in. I was just trying to think in my head if Patrick Beverly would be also our best wing defender as well, because we don't really have any kind of defenders of of any quality really at, at any position outside of like AD and, and stuff like that. So yeah, Patrick Beverly, 
I would not be surprised if he was on the Lakers uh, opening night. And he sure seems like someone who wants to be on the Lakers opening night as well. The other final game that we know is Christmas Day. I believe this was actually the first one that came out. Christmas Day against the Mavericks, which Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, What do you think of getting to play Luka on Christmas Day? Well, I'm super. Well, I think Luca's gonna have an incredible year, and he gives everyone problems. Uh, I think LeBron versus Luca again is a selling point for the league. I think there's something they can throw there again. No matter who's on the Lakers, you can sell LeBron versus Luca. That should be fun. And honestly, our best win last year was against the Mavericks. Luca Doncic just happened to not play in that game, but uh, that was still our best uh, best win in my opinion, or best moment of the season. Austin Reeves game winner, making we, maybe we can recreate some of that magic you know next season on 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 christmas also the lakers on the road for christmas uh which i think kind of tells you how the league feels about the state of our team a little bit i mean we're going on the road playing in dallas uh dallas just coming off a western conference finals uh i think they hurt themselves a little bit not retaining jalen brunson but i still think they're going to be very good so those are tough three games uh to, to play, but that should be fun. LeBron versus Luca is always fun. Uh, I think, you know, Luca last year, there's a clip going around where he was like actually targeting LeBron on defense. I and mean, if you've seen that uh, on pick and rolls, he was kind of asking for LeBron. Um, and I don't think that's all on LeBron that he's just picking on him. I think, you know, it's part of, he doesn't want LeBron as a health defender, whatever it is, but it was fun to watch. You know, Luca was kind of going right at him, hitting step back threes on him and uh, winning the game for the Mavericks. So, uh, yeah, that should be fun. I'm, I'm excited for that. I was just looking up last time we were on the road um, at, on Christmas. It was the – this is a bad omen. It was a game against Golden State uh, where LeBron strained his groin or injured his groin and pretty much derailed the whole season. But it was – I mean, it was a really fun game because that was, that was also probably the best win of that Lakers season. Uh but bad omen on that one. Before that was 2014-15 um, against the Bulls. The Lakers don't mm-hmm. – you're right. The Lakers don't go on the road uh, very often. The two times before that were Shaq and Kobe, um, Lakers Heat games. Uh, it's just – and then you're going back into the 90s before that. So the Lakers don't play on the road often. It was a, It was an interesting matchup, but – the NBA is kind of in this weird spot right now, trying to put together some of the matchups on days like Christmas. Because if you look at the the league and the rosters right now, you mm-hmm. would want the like the Nets in all of those big games on all those big days. But I mean, lo- who Yo, knows where where Kevin Durant's even going to be, uh, or Kyrie Irving when the season starts, or even getting into the season. So. Um, I don't, the Nets aren't, I don't believe on Christmas day. I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen them like put anywhere, any of their games leaked out anywhere, which we only have a small hand for you, obviously, but it's stuff like that. Even with the Lakers, we don't really know. We know LeBron and AD are going to be there, but outside of that, we don't really know with LeBron and AD, you certainly have enough to, to draw in any eyes and whatnot. So uh, I also think it's interesting LeBron's always going to bring in viewers, right? especially on Christmas. I, I know a lot of people just kind of casual fans will just turn on the games and have them on in the background. So mm-hmm. I, I like that they put him with someone like Luca, who's kind of this, not even kind of, he's this budding young superstar that 
hopefully I don't think there's really anybody that doesn't know Luca that, that follows the NBA, but I like that they're kind of mixing it up basically and putting LeBron against someone that uh, it would have been easy to put him against the Warriors, against the mm-hmm. Celtics or, or something like that. I like doing it this way and putting them against the Mavericks. And like you said, they've had really fun games in, in recent memory. The The Austin Reeves game was, I'm trying to think, probably was one of the highlights of the season outside of those LeBron 50-point games last right. season. And you think back to the year they won the title, that game in Dallas, uh, Danny Green hitting that three-pointer to send it to overtime. That was one of my favorite games from that season. Yeah. Uh, so I think this could be a really fun game. LeBron all time against Luca is six and two and mm-hmm. has averaged 28, uh, nine and 8.6, uh, assists per, uh, per game. So I, I think this has a potential to be a really fun matchup. It's going to be interesting to see what the Mavericks are like, because as you said, they lose out on Jalen Brunson and right. obviously we, we don't really know what the Lakers are going to look like. So uh, I, I really like this matchup just from that standpoint of putting together two teams who aren't normally on these marquee games like this. Right, right. most definitely. And the league has to kind of decide who to put on, obviously. And they obviously put John Moran on there. They put the Grizzlies on there. Um, Luca's, I think, already one of the top, you know, best players in the league. Um, so he's a star and had his breakout season last year. Interesting as well, the Clippers don't have a Christmas game, which means Crypto Arena is just empty uh, on Christmas, which is which is kind of uh, interesting to think about as well. But you talked about it, that Mavericks game. The Lakers, I was using Russ into it as well, but it's basically LeBron and AD played 22 games together last season combined uh, together. That Mavericks game was one of them uh, where Austin Reeves hit that game winner and then everybody hit got COVID. Another one was opening night, was against the Warriors, which we're going to repeat again next year. Um, we're going to play the Warriors. So I think that's interesting. We need more than 22 games combined from both of them, obviously, next year. I think we need, like, 50-plus combined. Honestly, if this is if this is a roster, we need, like, 65, 70 combined. But, <laughs> yeah. um, we need a yeah. lot combined if this is the <laughs> roster next year, which we, we shouldn't need, like, or we shouldn't want, I should say. Right. I don't want them playing uh, this many games, so um year 20 it's it's year 20 lebron right but like that so that opening night i went back and like watched because i remember feeling like a little bit more optimist shockingly but i remember like watching that uh (laughs) that opening night and it's one of the few games jacob that like we actually cared right like the whole team was like rolling in like a hey we have a chance to do something right obviously by i think mid-february march the whole team kind of understood where this was going, uh, coaching staff, players, Russell Westbrook, whoever. But opening night was a night where, like, people still felt they were rowing in the same direction. And we were playing – and LeBron and AD were incredible that night. And these are the eventual champions who obviously they didn't have their set rotation. Um, but we were up that game. And what changed was Jordan Poole just, you know, turning into Steph for, like, a five-minute session and just hitting – incredible threes and it really just destroyed us our offense boggled down but i remember leaving that opening night game feeling pretty well obviously look at the stat lines i think lebron ad had like 30 30 and russ was like two for 12 which is kind of (laughs) ominous for the rest of the it was kind of uh, foreshadowing what was to come but yeah hopefully you know they get some more help opening night hopefully we can start the season off on a on a positive direction uh because i think this team needs it i think uh i think they need to start off well um at especially with this roster who are all young as well. So 
Uh, we'll see. But these are fun games that the, that the NBA has lined up for us. The the one thing I remember, maybe not the one thing, one of the things I remember from that Warriors game to start off last season as well was that Avery Bradley was actually, like, really good. I think he played, like, the fourth quarter only. and he But he played, yes. like, eight minutes of the fourth quarter and was actually, like, decent. Because I remember, like, begrudgingly writing an article the next day that was, like, maybe Avery Bradley's, like, good again. Like, this is this weird thing where mm-hmm. he only is good on the Lakers. Uh, he was not. But um, for that game, he was good. And so, yeah, looking back at that box score, Kent Bazemore played 30 minutes that game. Uh, I'm not sure he played 30 minutes total the rest of the season. Um, just a cool. – DeAndre Jordan played 13 minutes. Um, Rondo played 20 minutes. Oh, just man. multiple guys who were just either not on the team or not in the rotation by the end of the season. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I would imagine the rest of the schedule is probably going to come out at the end of this week. Um, mm-hmm. I think they did it on a Thursday last year. So we'll get a better sense of uh, – what the what the entire landscape's going to look like, but all of it kind of has a an asterisk right now until we figure out what the Lakers are going to look like uh, moving forward. And exactly, yeah. To and that note, like, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, we're for you. You talked about the openers, and I believe on October seventeenth, they said um, is the opener. But I mean, preseason starts in like forty days, and I don't think it's also fair to a brand new head coach. To just be like, yeah, work with this roster for now through training camp and then just, you know, absolutely flip the roster three weeks later. So I think the, you know, the time that you have is kind of trickling down here. I don't think you have as much time as at least they feel they do. I think something has to get done before then. So I would like Darvin Ham to at least have a chance this season, right? I think if he goes through all the training camp with, you know, a roster that has Russell Westbrook on it, whether they send him home or not. Uh, I think that's rough to then flip that to whatever they um, they trade for. So I just I just hope they get something to where we can have some continuity because I don't think we had it at all last season. The rust fit w- is what it was, but uh, LeBron and E not playing, um, going through training camp with you know Kendrick Nunn going out first game of training camp, starting DeAndre Jordan for 15 games because we didn't have a you know a center rotation lined up. So I hope uh, I hope this season we have a little bit more continuity in training camp. Well, the good news is this front office has always been very fair to the coaches on staff. And de- I don't disagree, though. Jokes aside, it seems like they are a bit more committed to Darvin Ham than they ever really were with Vogel. And, yeah, I would love to have some form of continuity. I don't think you can – the reports have said that the Lakers would consider going into the season and kind of John Walling, Russ, because he is going to be this big expiring – I'm with you that it'd be really tough on Darvin Ham, his first job, to just not have a big piece of the team, whether in Russ or whatever the team will get back for him. So, yeah, you're not wrong. uh, Training camp is usually the last week of um, September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have a little over a month, about five weeks, six weeks or so until the season will kick off. So, yeah, the time's starting to tick down, and – We'll see how much more aggressive the Lakers get in um, in making any trades. But right now, they are in a full-on stalemate. So there, there isn't any other news to cover, but there is an interesting uh, quote we have uh, from Richard Jefferson that we'll talk about more here in just a minute. <laughs> 
So on Richard Jefferson's road tripping podcast, uh, he had the following uh, quote. It's interesting talking about LeBron and whether he should be considered a Lakers great. Uh, quote, LeBron has not done enough as a Laker to be a Laker great. This is his fourth season, right? They've been there. They've been in there four seasons. Two years they haven't made the postseason. One year they lost in the first round, and one year they won a championship. That's kind of an abbreviated version of the of the quote in general. But the sentiment was there that LeBron is not a Lakers great because half the time they haven't made the postseason, and seventy five percent of the time they haven't got out of the first round. I think is a little bit oversimplifying it. I, I think mm-hmm. this is a very subjective debate. Um, for sure, but I guess where do you fall? We'll start there. Where do you fall on on considering Le- or calling LeBron a, an all time great with the Lakers? I mean, I think once you win a title, especially as the one A, as like the number one guy, I think you automatically fall into being a Laker great, in my opinion. Like I think, and also LeBron comes with the name right of who he is. He's a legend not on the team but I mean if you go back into Laker history the Lakers legends are synonymous with NBA legends right so it's kind of uh they're both uh in the same vein so I think LeBron is Laker great he's going into year five and I think Richard Jefferson said you know there's been up and down play but it hasn't been up and down play from LeBron it has been up and down from the team LeBron has been consistently great he's been very good he's been you know, top of his game. Obviously, he's dropped a little bit, but because of age and going into year 20, but he's still at the top of, you can still put him in any top five, top three, whatever conversation. Those get subjective as well, as high as you go. Uh, but yeah, I still think Le- LeBron's a Laker legend. He's going to get his jersey retired. The Lakers, you know, they uh, they go after stars and there's no star bigger than LeBron James. Uh, I also think no star has more, has had more influence over you know a franchise as LeBron James has had and he's earned that right but uh yeah I think LeBron's a Laker legend for sure I think if he that title he brought us whether he wins one another one or not I still think uh he's a Laker legend and uh deserves to have uh whichever jersey he decides to in in our rafters what do you think so I I agree with you ultimately um (laughs) that it's not just that he won a title as well. It was everything that happened that season. Um, For sure. From Kobe's passing to the pandemic and just the way that season played out and the way he was the central figure and all of it. Like you said, he was one of the best players in the league, uh, especially before the, the season initially shut down those back-to-back wins over the Clippers and Bucks, it looked like he was kind of shifting into playoff LeBron mode and was about to really make a push. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he they go to the bubble and they win the title with him leading the way through pretty much all of it. Um, even as good as AD was, and he was incredible, uh, I think LeBron was pretty clearly the, the finals MVP and, and the best player on that team throughout that run. So, I mean, that alone to me, I I agree with you that once you win a title and especially if you're the guy that led them there, Mm -hmm. you're a Lakers great in my book. And he, he was absolutely a Lakers great. I, that, that team and that title will always hold a special place. And I think a lot of Lakers fans hearts because of what happened, but 
I mean, you did make an interesting point I hadn't thought of as well. If you, I would say if you set aside maybe the latter portion of his first season in Los Angeles, he has right. been at an MVP level every season yeah. uh, since, since he came to L.A. So, and especially, like I said, that the title season he was getting there and then he played at that level in the bubble. Uh, the following season he was – playing at an MVP level and was in the MVP debate until mm-hmm. he gets hurt. Exactly. And then last last season was one of his greatest scoring seasons uh, ever. And right. he was carrying this team as much as he could. And it, it it is interesting because I wonder, are we going to look back on this LeBron era in Los Angeles and be like, he was great. It was the front office and the team around him that wasn't good. Is that the, the sense you think we'll take from this? I hope not. And you I know, I think this. Yeah. I think last season, it, I feel bad that that season just gets not this one that just happened. The season before that one gets lost in all this because not only was LeBron good, the team was legit good. The team started twenty and six and uh, twenty one and six. Sorry, uh, twenty one and six. Um, they're incredible. AD goes down. LeBron just picks it up. Um, and AD started slow as well that season. He had the uh, bubble excuse, which we all gave him. Uh, but uh, LeBron came out firing. Uh, LeBron was incredible from the start. And then obviously, I believe in the Hawks game, uh, someone fell on his – I forgot who fell on his uh, his knee. Uh, but Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill, yes, yes. And, uh, and LeBron was out and was never really the same, in my opinion, even when he came back. Um, even playing against the Suns in that first round, he was never the same. But that season gets lost too. And yeah, LeBron has been really good. I think that first year, I think LeBron's talked about it. That was a trial year, right? With all the kids. I don't think LeBron, I'm sure he was invested. But uh, yeah, he's been incredible this whole time. And he's been the 1A. Um, he also came when nobody decided to come, right? We had free agency yeah. meetings uh, with a Carmel Carmel Anthony, funny enough, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, I think Greg Monroe even had a meeting at one point, but <laughs> but uh, LeBron was the one that you know said I'll come uh, with nobody uh, joining me uh, by my side, and eventually, obviously, he, him, and, and uh, Rich Paul and Clutch were able to uh, maneuver and get Anthony Davis on the team. But uh, yeah, LeBron, you know, he's the one that kind of shifted them back into contention. Uh, but this this season means a lot to me. This season is is very important. LeBron obviously has not signed his extension. Uh, I think that's a huge deal as well. Uh, they they said that they're not worried about it, but I mean until he the, until pen on pens on paper, uh, we'll see. So I think this season is important. What move they make in the next few weeks is going to determine you know if it's if it was just a one title and uh, didn't get out of the first round or uh, are they able to you know uh, capitalize on on what they've built here? So we'll see. That is an interesting point as well that he came when nobody else would. It wasn't even the guys that we were getting in meetings and not closing the deals. Mm-hmm. It was that guys were stopping giving the Lakers meetings. I remember Kevin Durant just didn't meet with the Lakers during, yeah. I think when he went to Golden State, um, he just didn't meet with the Lakers. And yeah. that was kind of a sign of how far the Lakers had fallen, that even when we sucked and uh, were chasing free agents, they would at least kind of hear us out. Kobe right. probably had a lot to do with that, but still, they were getting the meetings with Lamarcus Aldridge, with Mello, with whoever it was, Dwight, I guess, when he was leaving. Like, they were getting these meetings with the big names. They, they I don't know how seriously those guys mm. were taking the pitch the Lakers were making, but 
they were at least in the door. And if you're in the door, like you have a chance. It was when Durant just didn't even like consider the Lakers that I think was a sign of how far they fell. And so, yeah, LeBron came at a time when nobody was kind of considering the Lakers in that regard. So um, I I think that plays an important role in it too. Um, I mean, the way I look at it um, is that kind of LeBron has played terrific and a lot of the failures have been in spite of him. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on how much you want to tie kind of clutch with the Lakers front office and the him wanting Russ over other trades and whatnot. But even with those moves, that hasn't changed that he's been right terrific on the court. Like his play has never changed. His level of play has not changed based on any of those factors. So, I mean, you mentioned it. You think the Lakers will retire his jersey when he's all said and done? Um, definitely. And I think, you know, I think he'll get – to decide which one, uh, whether, you know, if it's 23 mm-hmm. or not, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think, uh, his, his name will go up, uh, in the rafters. We'll see how much longer, uh, hopefully it's, you know, for a lot longer, which is crazy to say about a guy, you know, going into year 20 and, uh, year 39, uh, of himself. But yeah, I think he's a Laker legend for sure. Um, and look, the, I think the clutch stuff is intertwined with the, with the Lakers. Like, I think that there's good and bad with it. When you tie yourself with an agency, there's, you know, positive and negatives that, uh, that, that come out with that. And, you know, that's all part of the legacy that he's made here. Um, but he's definitely a, a legend. And you talked about what he, you know, led the team through in 2020 um, and just being the leader of this franchise for, you know, as long as he has. So um, I think it's no, no doubt. I think Jeannie Buss obviously uh, uh, is connected to LeBron as well. So I think his number get, gets retired. What do you think? Yeah, I was, I was pulling up, I think, I'm almost certain this is the case. I don't. Mm. I didn't look this up beforehand, but I'm pretty sure everybody who has had their jersey retired by the Lakers has won a title. Which mm-hmm. uh, I so. is, yeah, it's looking like that's the case. As I scroll down, uh, <laughs> everybody who's had their number retired has won a title. So, uh, because I was going to say, to me, the minute he won that title, yeah, like he was, his number was being retired. He was a Laker great. Like all these things like just became like the, the truth basically to me. And like they were, Mm -hmm. they were factual, like all this stuff. He's, he's among the, the greatest Lakers ever. I mean, ultimately you can look at someone like Wilt Chamberlain who played not a ton of games with the Lakers. It was on the very back end of his career. He was very much a, a shell of himself, but still he won a title he won a finals MVP and he was, and he has his number retired with the Lakers. Uh, now he did play on one of the best Lakers teams. He was on that 33 game winning streak and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that even if nothing else, there was no other context, just in a vacuum, you won a title, you were a finals MVP. I mean, that's what Wilt did. So um, I think even that alone was enough for LeBron to get in. Um yeah, and, and, to put it, and to put it into ahead. perspective, I mean, he's already played as many years as he did with the Miami Heat. He played four years yeah. on the Heat. Um, they won two titles there, uh, went to three finals. But, I mean, he's already pl- he's going to play more with the Lakers than he did uh, with Miami, uh, which is interesting. And I believe uh, 
he's already played the same as his return to the Cavs. So he came back and played four years with the Cavaliers. He's already played, you know, those four years um, with the Lakers. So, I mean, I think he's already done the time. And it's not like LeBron won a title and then went and became, like, the third guy, you know, or, like, became a role player or went into the Vince Carter role of playing 10 to 15 minutes a night um, or even, like, the Tim Duncan role at the end of his career. Like, LeBron's still the main ball handler, and he is – going to be relied upon as such uh next season as well like that's it's a ridiculous thing that we're asking him but he's he's still in that uh, conversation in that mode as best player as the guy who runs every play who has you know they said they're gonna run the offense through anthony davis more i'll believe it when i see that but that's i mean like exactly I, exactly my thoughts on that <laughs> but uh but yeah I, the ball's still gonna be in lebron james hand he's still the playmaker he's still the driver of the car um i think as zach Lowe says uh so he's uh He's a he's a Lakers legend for sure to me. I I don't think there's any uh confusing that for me. The the to your point about him still being the guy, his usage percentage last year was thirty two point three percent, which was the highest in his career since the first year he returned to Cleveland at thirty two point three percent. And it's one of the highest he's had just ever. Um he never had it that high in Miami. He never surpassed that number in Cleveland. You'd have to go back to uh, 09, 010, the last season of his first stint in Cleveland mm-hmm. for him to have a higher usage percentage than he did last season. So he's still the guy. Uh, and all that coming last season on the one of the best true shooting percentages he had in his career as well. So uh, he's still the guy. He's still playing at a high level. It's also interesting, again, I don't know if this has happened anywhere else. He's going to have his number retired by three different franchises, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers, most definitely. Uh, Miami, he, I think, will definitely re- – I think Miami, he have Michael Jordan's number retired. If I don't <laughs> And uh, I think Dan Marino's number is in the rafters too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then here. So, yeah, definitely three uh, – Three jersey retires. Uh, three jerseys retired with three different teams. Uh, I think that's you know I think that's interesting. That's LeBron's the only guy to win, I believe, three rings with three different teams as the lead guy. I guess I believe. Yeah, uh, probably the, the Finals MVP. I was looking it up. Uh, Dan Marino, um, who he played for the Dolphins for sixteen years. Had his number 13 honored for his service as a quarterback to the Dolphins by the Miami Heat. <laughs> and they, uh, his jersey number is not technically retired. Players can still use it. But a Dan Marino jersey hangs in the rafters of the Heat's arena, whatever it's called now. So, uh, yeah, the Heat are very <laughs> lenient in the jerseys that they put in the rafters. But, yeah, I don't know that anybody's ever had their jersey retired by three different franchises outside of kind of the universal ones, Bill Russell and Mm -hmm. uh, Wayne Gretzky and HL Jackie Robinson and baseball, but just kind of individually by three different franchises, he'll have earned all of them. And uh, it's, it's incredible. Like you've been saying, he's someone entering year 20 and I kept, I've, I've kind of just switched my thinking to, um, (laughs) I, I kept kind of fearing when he, when the the drop off would come, right now I'm just kind of like maybe it just won't. Like maybe he'll just retire at at, at the 40, top. 44 is still one of the best players in the game, and just 
I I'm it's just such a phenomenal mind-blowing type of thing to even uh try to understand is that 37 38 year old LeBron in year 19 last year was put together arguably the best scoring season he ever had in his career it just it doesn't make sense <laughs> like if he's still doing that then why should I believe that he's ever gonna take a step back it's not it doesn't feel like it's coming anytime soon all this is kind of um he's also probably going not probably he will pass Kareem all-time scoring leader as a Laker yep. uh, this mm-hmm. season at some point as well which kind of adds to his legacy as uh, a Laker great so I think it is to me it's without question while I also acknowledge that it's a very subjective thing it was just mm-hmm. interesting uh as you said before we went live, Richard Jefferson has uh, made that jump from player to media now, and he uh, throwing out those hot takes uh, on his podcast to uh, to get the clicks and get the attention. Fair play, but yeah, LeBron's a, a Laker great to me, and obviously, as you said as well, you. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, is LeBron a Laker great to you? Uh, do you think they will retire his jersey? Uh, let us know, leave a review, let us know your thoughts as well. Raj, right. that, uh, that wraps it up for me. You got any other final thoughts on any of this? I guess my final thing, I think my my favorite part when you just said that, uh, you know, LeBron was leading the league in scoring or was, I think he finished, did he finish first in scoring or, uh, he didn't or play enough games. So that was the only first. reason I think he, he finished second behind Embiid, I believe. Okay. Okay. But like. The way he's scoring is so different than he was ten years ago, right? And that's and you know he was a Finals MVP, you know, ten years apart as well, right? Like in twenty ten and then uh, not in twenty ten and twenty eleven, twenty twelve when he won the title, whenever that was. Um, but uh, and then uh, he got a Finals MVP in twenty twenty. But you look at his game now; it's so different, right? It's fadeaway jumpers. It's you know he has the step back three. He has the you know the move that they call where he stares at the ball and steps back and, and shoots threes. It's so like cool to see his development as a scorer and I'm not sure that's something we'll ever you know see like again as like from that much a jump into a shift of his game um 20 years later so I think it's cool I think it's awesome that you know we get the I would say let I would say the end of his career I don't want to say the end of his career because like you said I don't know when the end of his career career is but it's cool to see like his game um shifting and he adds something new every year so um I have a lot of worries about this Laker team. LeBron's like very low on those. Like it should be higher, but it's not. Like I, his age, his years, you know, the, the time he's played, career minutes, all that should be higher. But my concerns are more the roster, you know, Anthony Davis. Like all those kind of outweigh to me uh, LeBron as my worry. So um, I'm so grateful he's on the team. Yeah, to your point, if you just look at his – I mean, we'll, we'll look at that 2011-12 season. Uh, according to basketball reference, 40% of his shots came from 10 feet out to, to the three-point line. And then mm-hmm. 12% of his shots were three-pointers. Right. Compare that to last season, uh, 16% of his shots were from 10 feet out to the three-point line. Mm-hmm. 36.7% of his shots were three-pointers. So completely <laughs> different <laughs> to how he's playing the game now than – when Definitely. he was like at his probably athletic physical peak in Miami for that 2011 mm-hmm. 12 season, which, yeah, I don't know that we'll ever see somebody like LeBron again. I'm almost certain we won't. Uh, mm-hmm. 
both just physically and how much he has changed his game to go from when he came into the league, it was a slow pace, big man, multiple big men type of, uh, mm-hmm. it now seems pretty antiquated offense to right. 21-22 season. He's right there among the, the best in the league as a three-point shooter. So LeBron is special, one of a kind. Enjoy however many more seasons we have of him. Uh, I don't know how many it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's unfathomable to think about. But, uh, yeah, enjoy all of them while we have them because, like I said, you won't see another person like him again. Raj, appreciate you coming on and, and joining me today. Uh, we will be back next week with a new guest. Uh, no clue what we'll talk about. Hopefully there's uh, there's some <laughs> transactions between now and then. Maybe we'll talk the schedule depending on when it comes out as well. Uh, but we will have plenty of stuff throughout the week, plenty of coverage. Raj and Sabrina included in that. They'll be uh, they'll mm-hmm. have a podcast later this week as well. So be sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast network uh, to stay up to date on all the latest Lakers news. And I will see you guys next week.